Welcome. You're listening to the podcast of First Church in Woodland, California, Pastor Timothy Wisnett. We're so glad you could join us. And we pray that this message you're listening to today is a blessing to your day. And I want to invite you also to visit us online at firstchurch.app to get connected with us and learn about our service and upcoming events. And uh, we hope that we can connect with you and see you soon. This year, amen. And so uh, I want us to turn in our Bibles. We're going to go to Isaiah. We're going to go to the 49th chapter, Isaiah chapter 49. And we're going to start at verse number 16. Uh, Just a single passage, just a single verse of Scripture that I want to read. And then uh, we will see what the Lord does tonight. Amen. Uh, Isaiah chapter 49 and verse number 16 reads, Behold, I have graven thee upon the palms of my hands. Thy walls are continually before me. Amen. Would you put your Bible down and help me pray and just ask God's blessing as we look into his word together. Jesus, we thank you for your goodness and your mercy that's everlasting for allowing us to be here uh, with the people of God, with the family of God. I ask that you would help me to preach the word that you gave me, to teach it uh, with conviction as you gave it to me. I pray that it would be a blessing to your people. In Jesus' name, everybody say, in Jesus' name, amen. And you could be seated at this time. Thank you for being here tonight. And I, I want to teach and preach maybe a little bit of both uh, on this thought tonight. And it is broken walls, broken walls. Somebody say broken walls. Amen. And so I, I, wanna, I want us to, to uh, think on this time in Scripture uh, that, that maybe the prophet Isaiah was prophesying about. But I want to set the, the setting of a certain time in the children of Israel's history. And uh, it, is, it is the time that it was not so good for them, uh, for they had gone into uh, their promised land, and, and they had had won great victories, um, but things were not always good, even as they went over. And uh, if you read about the children of Israel in the Word of God, you'll find that they are just as human as you and I. Amen. We're, we're only human. Did anybody float their way to the church today on heavenly angels' wings? Nope. I got in a car, and I drove just like you did. Amen. And, and, and you know, some of you maybe rode in a car. You don't have one yourself, you know. We're, we're, just, we're just human. We're just people, you know. I, some of you, this is a... This is a, a, a Uh, a word for you tonight some of you have check engine lights on your dashboard and you should go get that engine checked out in Jesus name amen (laughs) if you have a check engine light on your dashboard you're probably human okay and they're human they they were subject to to having faults and having issues and having problems and not doing things right even in the very highest level of their kingdom. Uh, You see, it was one kingdom under Saul, the first king, and under David, and under Solomon. But Solomon, he didn't do quite so well at at, at keeping it together. Uh, He had allowed sin and idolatry even into the temple. 
you, you will find in Scripture if you study it out. He allowed sin and idolatry inside of the holiest place to the people of God. And so this began to set the setting of, of the split of their kingdom. They, they became Israel and they became Judah. And they were split and they were brought into captivity. Judah was conquered and they were enslaved by the Babylonians, as we know in Scripture. And uh, this king, Nebuchadnezzar, he came in and he destroyed their temple and he destroyed their city. And he just took many of them to be enslaved and, and they were held in captivity. They, they, were, they were taken from the place that God had called them to. And this was, a, this was a terrible time for the children of Israel. There's a lot that I could get into, but I, I really just want to focus on one aspect of this. I'm not here to just give you all of the details, but I find it interesting that Nebuchadnezzar, he destroyed the walls of this place. He destroyed the walls of this place. And it was not, it was not particularly a good thing that he destroyed those walls and that temple of God. This was very just heavy and, and disappointing to the people of God because this was their city. This was their home, and God is the only true God, and he set up this place that would be a holy place, and here it is destroyed from their captors, destroyed by the Babylonians. That's really disappointing. Have you ever tried to do something for God, and it seems like it, it didn't work out? Amen? Anybody real in here? You tried to build a life for God, and, and somehow it just didn't come out right, and somehow you, because of your own flaws, it seems that it just didn't work out, and things were under rubble and destruction. Uh, this is the setting in which Jeremiah uh, prophesies to the children of Israel in uh, Jeremiah 29 and 11 that we are so famously read in Scripture. In Jeremiah uh, 29 and 10, uh, the, the, the speaker, Jeremiah, said this. He said, For thus saith the Lord, that after 70 years be accomplished at Babylon, I will visit you and perform my good word toward you in causing you to return to this place. Now, these people, they've been, they've been taken captive. They've been taken away to the Babylonians. And the Lord speaks to them and tells them that after 70 years, I'm going to allow you to come back home. It was a good word. Amen. It was a, a word of blessing that the prophet spoke in this particular uh, passage of Scripture. God was promising them that after 70 years, I'm going to allow you to come back to this place and I will perform my good word toward you. Amen. What a blessing. I want the, good, the Lord's good word toward me. I don't know about you, but I find this scripture in my Bible. And so I've just decided that I'm going to claim that for myself. Because we serve a God that's everlasting. Amen. That he is the Alpha and the Omega. And he said, I am the Lord and I change not. 
Amen. So we can claim these promises even for ourselves. By faith in Jesus Christ, we will have a good word toward us. Amen. I just choose to think that way. Amen. That even if I have done wrong, even if I have failed God, he still has the best in mind for me. For in Jeremiah 29 and verse number 11 is the famous scripture that many people quote often. uh, When the Lord says, for I know the thoughts that I think toward you. You see, God has us in his mind. He sees us even in our flaws. He sees us even in our weaknesses. And even when we failed him, he has thoughts. I still have a plan for them. And he says this. He says, thoughts of peace. Praise God. His thoughts are not just thoughts of destruction. That's not the end result he has in mind. No. The Lord wants you to have peace. Somebody say peace. Peace. Amen. I just come to receive that here tonight on a Tuesday night. I want the peace of God. I want him to have his peace revealed in my life. Even if there's chaos happening. And even if I cause some of that chaos, if I would be honest with you. Hallelujah. And not of evil. Praise God. He doesn't want us To have evil happen to us. Now we understand the children of Israel were in a trial and a tribulation where the Lord was teaching them something. But that wasn't the end of the story. God said, I still have a thought for you. And the thought I have for you is not of evil and it's thoughts of peace. Praise God. We ought to really believe that for ourselves. Praise God. To give you an expected end. Amen. Now, I I have not studied the 1500s English. Maybe you have of King James, of of how this was translated uh, to to mean an expected end. But I'm just going to say it like uh, somebody from Dixon would. And I just understand it from just how I read it in the scripture. That sounds like a good ending. An expected end sounds like from the prior things he said, thoughts of peace, not of evil, and an expected end. That sounds good to me. Maybe I'm simple-minded. Some of you who are theologians in here, you could educate me on what exactly, you know, King James meant when he said that. But that sounds pretty good to me. And I'm going to tell you why it sounds pretty good to me. Because the, the Bible tells us that this happened Just like Jeremiah prophesied. Isaiah says, thy walls are continually before me. In other words, he's saying, I see your walls, children of Israel. I see them. I have them in my sight. I haven't forgotten about you. Praise God. Anybody thankful for that tonight? I just want to preach a message. He hasn't forgotten about us tonight. You might come into this house with broken walls. But God, in his word, says, your walls are continually before me. You might walk in broken into this house. But the Lord, he sees your brokenness. 
and he is even drawn to your brokenness. That's the kind of Savior that I serve. He's not a Savior who's just interested in the perfect. But he is actually more interested in the flawed. He's more interested in fixing the broken. When Jesus was accused of spending all this time with with the the sinners among the people, he, he made this statement to them. He said that they don't need a physician. Those that are good. But the ones that I'm spending time with, they need a physician. So I'm going to focus my time there on them. Amen. How, how many of you have ever been in a dark place before? You ever felt broken before? I would submit to you tonight that God is sending his spirit even tonight. For you specifically. Just like he, how he spent his time on the earth with those that were broken. So even is he drawn to a broken and contrite spirit. Amen. The Lord is drawn to our brokenness. And it's not because he likes the brokenness. But it's because he can't help but do something about the brokenness. Can somebody say praise the Lord? He comes, his spirit comes, and it's a comforter, the Bible says. Hallelujah. I serve the comforter tonight. I'm so thankful. I don't have to rely on worldly means to, to find joy or peace. For I have a comforter. There is a Savior who is interested in comforting me. He's interested in helping me in my need. I don't know about you, but I, I sometimes I look around and I see people that are perfect, that I think they look perfect, and they're just praising God and just everything's just going right. But I don't think that God just visits them. No. He visits all of his children and he's a comforter. Praise God. We have got to really get a revelation of that here on a Tuesday night that he's interested in the brokenness. That's the kind of Savior that we serve. In Nehemiah, we learn about how the 70-year prophecy was partially uh, fulfilled in Scripture. And I think that it is a powerful example about our Savior's love to us. Praise God. For in Nehemiah chapter number 1 and verse number 3, the Scripture says this. Uh, it says, And they said unto me, to Nehemiah, this is what they told Nehemiah, who was uh, there in Persia. They said unto me, the remnant that are left of the captivity there in the promise are in great affliction and reproach. The wall of Jerusalem also is broken down, and the gates thereof are burned with fire. And it came to pass, verse number four, 
And it came to pass, when I heard these words, that I sat down and wept and mourned certain days and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. You see, Nehemiah heard about the brokenness of Jerusalem. He heard about the walls of Jerusalem that had been destroyed and that the remnant who was there, uh, that they were in great affliction. And it caused him to sit down and to weep. It caused Nehemiah to have an emotional reaction at the very moment that he heard of their captivity, at the very moment that he heard of the conditions of their walls, of the brokenness of their walls. He was moved with compassion. I've come to preach that Jesus is our Nehemiah. And that Nehemiah is a type of Jesus Christ himself. That when he saw his people, he saw their pain and he felt their pain with an empathy that moved him to tears. God of the universe saw us in our pain. The God of the universe, he sees us in our sin. And he said, I've got to do something about it. I have got to do something to find them. I have got to do something to reconcile them. I have got to do something to build back the walls that are broken. Our Savior loves us with a burning passion. And with a love that is so fierce that he decided to come and wrap himself in flesh and die for you and I. He was moved with compassion. He wept when hearing the conditions of the walls. That's our God. That's our God. Hallelujah. I believe that our God can heal and our God can deliver even tonight. And I believe he wants to heal and he wants to deliver more than even we want to be healed. Does our God want to heal? Our God wants to save. Praise God. He's serious about his children. He loves his children. Proverbs 25 and verse number 28, the scripture says, He that hath no rule over his own spirit is like a city that is broken down and without walls. Praise God. The writer of Proverbs even gave us an example that somebody who cannot control their own spirit is like a broken down city that has no walls. You see, that mattered a lot in the days of the Bible for a very simple reason. That's how you can protect your city from somebody invading it. We didn't live, they didn't live in a world where just everybody, every neighboring city was your friend. Jericho had walls so that it could be fortified, so it could be protected. 
from an invasion. And it was its own community inside of those walls that was safe, right? And so it is that if we don't have control over our spirit, we're like a city that's broken down and without walls. We're subject to be invaded. We're subject to be conquered. Amen? But Jesus said in Isaiah 49, thy walls are continually before me. The Lord's saying, I see your walls. I see how they're destroyed. I see how they're missing. I see how you don't have control over your spirit. And yet, I want to fix that. I want to build those walls up. I want to make you safe again. Because the name of the Lord is a strong tower. Amen. The righteous run in and are safe. Amen. We want to be in the name of the Lord. We want to be safe from the attacks of the enemy. And so does our Savior. Hallelujah. He wants you to be safe. He wants you to be protected from the attack of the enemy. I want the Lord to shield me. I want the Lord to protect me. I want his walls to be built up around me. I want to allow him to rebuild some things in the way he has in mind. Hallelujah. I'm not going to attack a Nehemiah coming in. But I'm going to say, build in my life. Make me who you want me to be. Make me safe in who you have in mind for me to be. Hallelujah. For the scripture tells us in Matthew chapter 9 and verse number 35. And, and really, I, I didn't even tell you, I'm probably going to be really short here tonight. I'm not going to be much longer here. The scripture tells us in Matthew 9 and 35, it says, In Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, and preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. Praise God. He was healing as he went. And verse 36 says this, though, But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. He was moved with compassion when he saw the multitudes. He is the good shepherd. And a good shepherd will even leave the 99 to go after the one. You remember that parable in the scripture? How powerful is that? That even if I go astray, he says, no, 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 I'm going to go get that one and bring him back home. Praise God. You might have wandered off all on your own, but there is a shepherd who has compassion on each and every one, each and every soul, each and every person that's in the flock. Our Savior loves you. Our Savior has compassion for you. The shepherd did nothing wrong. 
It was the sheep's fault. Oh, praise God. Even if the sheep, in its lack of discretion, makes a bad mistake, he can break his legs falling down a ravine. He can, he can get stuck somewhere. But that's what a shepherd's for. That flock just can't be out on its own. And he is very capable of taking care of all 100. Praise God. Even if we're broken, he's a savior. Even if we're lost, he will find us. Hallelujah. I'm reminded of in Luke 15 about how the son, he takes his inheritance and he wastes it. And he finds himself in a pig pen. But every day the father watched. Waiting for the prodigal son to come home. Every day, every sunrise, every sunset, the father had his eyes ready. The, the son didn't ha even have to go all the way. He didn't have to go all the way to the front door and knock on the door. But he was ready for him. And he saw him. And he saw him from afar off. Praise God. I don't even have to have it all together. I can be a long ways away. I can be afar off. But the scripture says in Acts 2 and 39 that even they that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call, those that are far away, God is reaching them. God has a promise for them. God has love for them. He has security for them. And he will heal our brokenness and it wasn't just speak it wasn't just words that God comforts us with but it's the action of God that moves me so much on a Tuesday night it's what God does for his people that causes me to just worship him and just love him. You see, Nehemiah was not just brought to tears. No. He made his petition. He got granted the money to go. You see, King Cyrus had already said they can go back here. And Ezra was already rebuilding the temple. But the people, the remnant that were there, they were still experiencing just such, just such terrible bondage while they were there. And the walls were broken. And so Nehemiah said, I've got to do my part now. And so he got the provision he needed. And he went there. He left the palace to go and be a builder. And he did the work. And in 52 days, you know the story, he rebuilt the walls of Jerusalem. He got his hands dirty with it. Are you hearing me tonight? Our Savior gets his hands dirty. 
I don't, I don't, I don't have time. I, if you read the book of Nehemiah with this in mind, it will change your life. Read it for yourself. You see, our God is willing to fight off even enemies that will try to stop the progress of the wall. But he made up his mind, I must build these walls. I have got to build them up. Hallelujah, I'm not doing this all by myself. I'm not building the walls from within. But there is a God who is coming from outside, who is coming from the kingdom. He is coming from the palace. He is coming from heaven to get his own hands dirty, to rebuild my walls. He can restore you. He can renew you. He can make you whole again. What could wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me new again? What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. His blood is at work. Hebrews says he's the high priest and he's sprinkling that blood. Remember pastor talked about that? He is ministering even right now for us. Hallelujah, and he has a compassion that's unfailing for us. He's not willing that any would perish. Hallelujah, that's the kind of Savior we serve tonight. And I just come to remind you of that here on a Tuesday night, that if you're not doing right, if you've been slipping away from God, if you feel like your life is just broken right now, there is a Savior who's decided to come. And when he comes, he can rebuild like no one else can. That remnant couldn't do it by themselves. They needed a Nehemiah. I need a Savior. On a Tuesday night, I, Emilio Garza, I need a Savior who will rebuild me when my walls get broken down. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, if you believe that that's the kind of Savior that we serve, would you just lift your hands and lift your voice and just worship Him for a minute? Hallelujah. Come on, we serve a God who loves us with an unfailing love, with an unending love. Hallelujah, He loves us. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Adamaya namasai. Hallelujah. Come on, would you lift your voice and just some worship for a minute before I continue? Would you just bless his name if you know him to be that Savior who can find the lost? If you know him to be that Savior, hallelujah, who loves us, who reaches us.
Oh, thank you, Jesus. I want to tell you something else that I feel the Lord spoke to me about. That it is with this in mind that Paul wrote his letter to the Philippian church. In chapter number 2, when he said this, he said, If there be therefore any consolation in Christ... If any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any bowels and mercies fulfill ye my joy, that ye be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. He says this in verse 4, he says, Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. I come with something else that we can learn. We can learn from Nehemiah's passion. We can learn from our Savior's passion that we should also love with that same love. Amen. It is in this passage of Scripture, it says in verse 5, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made of himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of man. What, what, you, what Paul was trying to say to the Philippian church is Jesus came to serve and to love and he came from the palace of heaven into this dirty flesh to be our sacrifice. That's what Paul means when he says, let this mind be in you. He's saying, you should serve one another the same way. Are you hearing me tonight? You should also love those that have broken walls just like Jesus loves those who have broken walls verse 4 what he's saying there is he's saying don't be so concerned just about yourself but also look on the things of others amen like Nehemiah we should see the condition of our world and it should move us to tears. It should move us with compassion when we see the lost. It should move us with compassion when we see the sick, when we see the hurting. There ought to be something inside of us. There ought to be that mind of Christ inside of us that says, no, 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 no. I don't care about the riches of this world. I just want to serve this world. I just want to serve the lost. I just want to rebuild somebody else's walls even though it would never affect me. I just want to serve somebody else. Our God loved us enough to sacrifice for us. Are we willing to sacrifice for others? Are we willing to give up some things? This is what the Lord put on my heart. Nehemiah's heart wasn't in Persia. 
Nehemiah's heart was in Jerusalem. Where's your heart today? As we stand to our feet, Brother Lucas, come give us hope. Where's your heart today? Praise God. Look, I, I'm going to mess with some of y'all's theology here. Is your heart just in these walls? These walls? These four? And I love this place. I love every one of you. But there's something that is stirring on the inside of me. I hope it's stirring on the inside of you too. That says, this doesn't, this isn't the brokenness. The brokenness is out there. The broken walls are in another city. Praise God. There's some broken people that even you know, you could tell me your, their name tonight. When's the last time you wept for them? When's the last time you were moved with compassion for them? Praise God. I've, I've preached about Philippians 2 for probably two years now. You probably hear me preach that every single time I preach. It's because God is moving on my heart that we have got to have that mind of Christ. We say we're a Christian. But Jesus gave all for others. He gave up the riches and became a servant. What does that mean to you? He gave up heaven to come and be among us. That he could save us. Praise God. We can't save anybody. But we can be that Philippians 2 church. He made of himself no reputation. I, I'm just going to be vulnerable with you guys. I'm just going to tell you. You know what? Being a servant doesn't look good on social media. And it shouldn't look good on social media. Hey Amen. If we, if we got to serve somebody and take a picture with them and blow it up for the world, did we, did we already get our reward? Because people know the difference. I've never met a homeless person that I've given food or money to who wanted to take a picture with me. Hey, you know what? Maybe maybe that's that, that that's just me, okay? That that that's not in the Bible. Okay, I didn't read that in scripture, right? Amen. They didn't have photography back then, but you understand. That that might just be for me. But I really want to be a builder. I want to be a builder. You know? Like, I, I, want, I want to talk to Brother Reuben, and I want to build Brother Reuben up. I don't want to drag him down. There's enough junk in the world to try to drag him down. No, I want to build him up. I want to encourage my brother in the Lord. Amen? With each other in here. But there's 
far more broken walls outside these walls, if you know what I'm saying. There's people I pass every day. What if I just gave them a smile? What, do, what, if, I just, what if I just gave them the cash I had in my pocket? Could I make an impact on somebody? I think I could. What if I just listened to the Holy Ghost? And I just served them. Amen. You know how we're going to grow this church? It's from being like Jesus. Where did, when he went, every one of them he healed. And when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion, seeing sheep with no shepherd. I, I see people like that all the time. Praise God. I know, I know we could shout about what he did for us. But will he, will we allow him to do it again through us to others? Amen. Praise God. I'm so thankful for every one of you that are in this house. But there's more. There's more outside these walls. There's more broken walls in need of repair. And they need your voice and your hands to build them. They need you fighting off things from stopping the construction. Because that's what happened to Nehemiah. There was stuff happening. There was three guys. They were trying to just terrorize and just stop the whole project from happening. And they did all kinds of things. And, and so they built, they literally built with a hammer in one hand and a sword in the other. The guys that helped with Nehemiah to build the wall. That's how we ought to be. I'm a builder and I'm a warrior for my brother. I'm a warrior for my neighbor. I'm a prayer warrior for my neighbor. Praise God. Find out what their name is and call their name in prayer. Call their name as you fast and pray of someone that's lost around you, who's hurting. Praise God. There's a greater purpose for you and I, and that is to be the church. Praise God. Ministry is not this. This is not ministry, what I do, only. There is a ministry for you to reach others. I hope you're here in my heart tonight. I don't, I don't want this for any accolades or that we'd have the biggest church in this town. No, I don't care about any of that. But what if we rebuilt somebody else's walls this year even if it was just one person you are that builder that just built them up and built them up and built them up amen I don't know about you but I want to be a builder tonight I'm not going to just be a weeper for the lost and then stay in my palace because Nehemiah had it pretty good. No. I'm going to make my petition to the king. 
and then go do the work. Praise God. There's work to be done. Praise God. There's work to be done. Do I know exactly how it's going to happen? No, I don't know how it's going to happen. But all I know is if somebody is hungry for it and will petition God for it, that God will open the right doors, that He will decree, and it will be done. Hallelujah. The king's decree, he provided the materials, but then there was a builder who built it up from those materials. Praise God. We partner with God. That's how we build walls. Praise the Lord. I've talked long enough. Let's, Let's open these altars. I want us to come. If you feel moved of God here tonight and you feel that God is calling you to be a builder, but also you need His building. If you need His work in your life, I want to to open these altars, come to this altar, and let's call on the name of the Lord together. Let's ask God to have His way tonight. Hallelujah. Come on, there's only a work that He can do, but also there's a work that we can do with Him. Hallelujah. There's souls to be reached. There's the lost to be reached. Would you just call on his name right now? If you, if you want to make your petition known to God, he's listening in this place. I believe that, that just like that story in the Bible, it can happen for us in Woodland. That he can make a decree that will be fulfilled. That our God will fulfill prophecies that have been spoken over walls, over others that have been lost. I believe that even they that are afar off, our Lord can call them. Our Lord can save them. He can do the work. He can do the work. But who will let him? Who will open their hands? Who will open their their schedule and allow God to work through them? Hallelujah. We need you. And God, I pray you do a work through us this year. Help us to build this year. Help us to build this year. Others, in Jesus' name. Help us to think about somebody else. Let this mind be in us that is also was also in Christ. Hallelujah. Help us, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Come on, that's the call on his name right now. Oh, I need you, Lord. Oh, I need you, Lord. Hallelujah, we need you, Lord. Oh, work through us, Thanks again for joining us for this podcast. It's such an honor that we could have you, and we pray you were blessed by the word today. We want to stay connected with you, and so give us a follow on our social media pages on Facebook or Instagram. You can find all of those on our website at firstchurch.app. You can also stay connected with us through that uh, website, and you can download it as an app on your phone from there. And so until the next time, we pray you're blessed. Have a great week in Jesus' name.